Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Fine Line. This is your hostess, Good Sense Amelia. And the first thing I'd like to do today is thank Ronald Jenkins for his generous contribution and allowing me to use some of his music um, for my intro and outro. <laughs> um, the track that I've put on today is from Alphanumeric, which I'm pretty sure is his latest album. If you've never heard of him before, but you like electronic music, um, check him out. He's pretty good. So yeah, thanks again, Ronald Jinkies. Um, today's episode is about medicine and how that's sort of like a symptom of modern living. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why the show is not actually about that. But okay, so yeah, why am I not making a show about the human condition, giving, given like, especially, you know, how I spoke about uh, lack of water last, uh, gosh, that was this week on Tuesday, and uh, given all these shootings that we're having lately, but again, like, I would consider these to be symptoms of the problem. They're more like branches on the tree, and I want to tackle the root. So um, modern medicine is like, it's a commercial um, industry, it's a tool of power, and it is simply a way to make money. I don't think it started that way. I don't think most things start that way, but as it functions... Um, in the modern world, modern medicine is a business. There is very little care um, and concern for the patients that are actually being treated. And it's um, more important, I believe, to the medical system to, gosh, I want to use the word exploit patients for their money. Okay, so... Um, and are, there are also human rights violations that are perpetuated by the medical system, especially to people who are perceived as not being able to make deci decisions for themselves. And, you know, they have uh, medications forced on them, or um, I think one heinous, uh, terrible thing that we do is force people to stay alive uh, for years and years longer than they would have had they been allowed to die naturally, possibly, you know, assisted or unassisted. But, you know, my own great Grammy, she was alive well into her 90s with Alzheimer's because they simply kept her alive. And I think that is, um, I think that's a human rights violation. I think everyone is allowed to die. Um, so, a big, a big um, group who is affected by the medical community are uh, cancer patients because these are people who have to go in and out of the hospital, you know, multiple days a week. Um, they have medications that are expensive. They have um, chemo sessions that are expensive. They are sick all the time because of their cancer treatment. And um, so that puts not only a financial strain on somebody, but also on the family of people who are suffering. Um, but again, even cancer is sort of like um, just a branch on the tree of what the problem really is. So if um, I'll talk a little bit more about healthier lifestyles, but you know, we have detonated probably somewhere between five and 700 nukes on this planet, most of them tests. But um, this nuclear fallout uh, gets into living bodies. And when it's combined with, you know, poor diet, it forms or encourages cancer to grow. Um, this isn't something that we can really do anything about now. It's probably also destroying our ozone layer and all that good stuff. But um, 
basically, though, I think it's really important to look at what is an appropriate use of medicine. Um, and I think one of the best um, sort of like culture sayings that we have is that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Obviously, people in the 50s and 60s didn't know what they were doing when they were detonating all those nukes. But we know what we're doing now when we... Um, produce massive amounts of pollution, put it into the atmosphere, let it get into our agricultural land, eat the crops that were grown um, in the garbage, and then wonder what is wrong with us. So um, here's a good example of another way of looking at medicine. Um, I've studied a lot of Taoist thought, and I came across a story once that in ancient China, um, there was a doctor that was employed by the ruling family. And as long as everybody in the palace stayed healthy, the doctor would get paid. But if anyone became sick, the doctor went without pay until um, the person was cured. Although I have to at least assume that their living was still decently comfortable living in a palace, so I don't feel too bad for them. But I like the idea of this, that doctors are here to maintain our health and not to... Um, cure us from, you know, either a bad habit or whatever. Um, so it's following a preventive model really takes your health into your own hands. And I think in some ways doctors have been trained not to not to like this uh, model because it takes care away from them and um, sort of like empowers the patient. And it means they may earn less money. So don't be surprised if you receive backlash from your doctor when you want to discuss with him or her some of the following ideas. Um, okay, so preventive model of healthcare has some um, some big points. Uh, the first one is diet, um, and with diet, there is no specific diet that works for everyone. My roommate has really got into the bulletproof diet, uh, which has been promoted by Dave Asprey because for her, it cures a lot of her inflammation issues. But for me, um, there, he only puts out like one or two products that I actually find useful. And I go more of, um, like not an Ayurvedic diet, but, um, like a Taoist, uh, perspective diet. However, Ayurvedic diets work for a lot of people based on like their body type. Um, I think that, you know, thousands of years ago, people were much more observant about what goes good with, you know, what you should be eating. So it's really a matter of paying attention to your own body and figuring out what works for you. This may mean that you have to acknowledge that you have some addiction things going on, like, oh, haha, I'm addicted to chocolate. Well, actually, you might be addicted to chocolate. You might need to be paying attention to what it's doing to your body. I, for one, have a really hard time digesting red meat. Um, I don't care what the cow ate. I just have, I have a terrible time eating uh, any kind of red meat, even um, some wild game. Uh, I just, I just have a difficult time with it. So I stick to mostly chicken and pork and fish. Okay, another big thing is activity. Oh yeah, wait, hold on. And vegetables. Vegetables, vegetables. I think if there's one thing you change about your diet, even if you don't know what your body needs, please add green vegetables. <laughs> that will that will make a big difference. Um, and if you have chronic tummy aches, they have things like um, the brat diet, which is bananas, rice, applesauce, tea, and toast. Um, but that wouldn't work 
totally for someone who's like grain free, they wouldn't be able to eat the toast or the rice, but white rice is very good at settling tummies. Anyway, you can do the research for yourself. There's a bunch of suggestions for you. Okay, activity. I don't really need to get much into that. If you like do half hour of walking three times a week, that's like really all you need to add or, you know, uh, 10 minutes of yoga before bed or right when you get up, depending on what your personal needs are. So activity is just, um, not just for weight loss, but it's really, really important for blood and air circulation or oxygen circulation in your body. Um, you might see or notice that you pee or urinate more, um, within the first week of adding more activity in, but, um, that's pretty normal. Any sort of small changes or something like that is pretty normal when you start activity. But uh, whatever works for you. Okay, second, pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to your body. Um, some people like to track, um, you know, formally. Otherwise, just this is a great way to just cultivate awareness. Like if you notice that you're having a rash when you eat certain foods, write it down and try to test that, you know. Um, talk to your doctor about that possibly and change your diet around that. Okay, so and then just the idea of like intentional living. Um, so... This is doing what your body needs on purpose. Um, this is making positive change in your life on purpose. Um, so there's um, some other related health issues that I sort of wanted to talk about. Um, so like um, reduction in environmental pollution. So like let's say you walk more and drive less. Well, not only are you reducing the amount of pollution that's, you know, not just affecting our crops and our ozone layer, but you're also making a positive impact on your own body. Um, I already mentioned that I'm going to be doing a whole episode based, uh, geared towards autism spectrum disorders. So I'm not going to talk about any of that in this episode, although I have a bunch of notes here. Um, Let's see. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think that that is a pretty good picture of how to deal with health as a preventive issue, um, focus on the root of the problem, see how it is connected to vi environmental issues, and what we can um, do to solve some of these. Even if it's just a small baby step, at least it's a step in the right direction. So happy Friday, everybody. I think everyone's getting off work here pretty soon, and thanks for listening today. <laughs> <laughs>